0: Welcome to the Swamp Podcast. My name is Brain in the Day. I'm Brittany Lumboss. I am James Cohn.
1: And I'm Hannah Rassinen.
0: And we are recording in James and Hannah's apartment in mid-city New Orleans. This is the podcast version of the movie review website Swamp
2: Nice to see everybody Yay! again for the first time this year. Yeah. Yes. I hate that we had to <laughs> Like do our yeah. four-hour podcast the <laughs> freaking I'm- Zoom, but and there were here we are.
1: Technical difficulties. Yeah, there's some
2: mic
0: changes mid-recording, yeah. <laughs>
1: and
0: some room switcheroos. But-, yeah. but we
1: learned a lot. Yeah, about <laughs> Actually, ourselves, each I other.
0: Did learn a lot. If we have to do that again, I feel like I figured out the better setup once we were done. Oh, uh, oh we really? Can definitely, like do a better job. Just next resume time. building. Yes, yes, right. yes. Problem I mean, solving.
3: You, I would be your um. What you call it? not your source whenever you apply for a job it's like here's oh, my reference i would be your reference yeah. if you apply for like an it job totally i don't want
0: that i'm not <laughs> good at i was i was
2: going to ask brandon like uh, cuz i've been reading a lot about this anti work movement is like there any way we can make money off of this so we can all quit our jobs and just talk about movies all day not in a way where it would still be a fun hobby right uh, <laughs> right it, it would, it very, would consume
0: very your life in a way that would make you not want to do this.
2: I think that's true.
3: <laughs> Maybe we'd have to do something really weird. Like remember how like the last time when we were talking, almost died because of the right. the gas in my apartment. Like I mean, one of us might have to die on right. air. Yeah, mean, like
0: writing stunts. Yeah. Right.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it has been a long time. Last time we talked, we talked a lot about a lot of 2021 releases, and we're going to do more of that today. Uh, we are narrowing down our favorite films of the year list. I'm fairly confident about the top three. Uh, Brittany's longer list is kind of the wild card, but <sighs> I can confidently <laughs> say that Titan, Pig, and Barb and Star were like our collective oh, favorite. Amazing.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm happy with that. That's yeah. pretty
0: great. Yeah. Four through ten, a little bit of a mystery right now, but I think there's gonna be a lot of surprises on there too. I was just complaining off mic about um, reading a lot of best of the year lists and just mm-hmm. seeing the same like four or five usual usual suspects rearranged in different orders. And, like, I always look at our list every year and think I'm, like, proud of the variety and, like, the high high and lowbrow mixture and everything. Like, I think we do a good job of, like, just not following the same script as yeah. everyone else. It's like
3: the proud
1: swamp mama moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look at my little baby alligator swimming in this, like, <laughs> ditch.
1: So, such a well-rounded little baby gator.
0: Have y'all been watching anything else since that big, like, swell of uh, best of the year cram sessions that I feel like everyone was doing a few weeks ago?
3: I kind of have been strictly watching, like, a lot of TV shows. Like, I just finished Yellow Jackets and trying to, like, catch up on things that were popular that I kind of put to the side to, like, watch all these, like, 2021 movies. But I did have time to wiggle in a movie that was horrendous and it's called uh, Jack and Jill, starring Adam Sandler. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh,
2: oh. that That's going to tie in perfectly <laughs> oh, with mine. My- oh, no. <laughs> that is so I'm oh, terrible. Really, that was Odd. so perfect. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, this is from, like, 2011. This did not hit my radar at all. Like, I didn't know it as a horrible movie. I didn't know it as a good film. I just didn't even know it existed. Um, And I watched it. And it is the worst. So, basically, Adam Sandler plays a man and a woman. He plays a brother and sister duo. And the movie relies so heavily on, hey, Adam Sandler's in a dress.
2: Hilarious.
3: It's hilarious.
2: (laughs) It's not as funny as it sounds.
3: It's not. It really isn't. And he he makes, like, a, a lisp and, like... Like the lisp is supposed to be an accent to show that he's a woman from the Bronx. It is. It just makes no sense. And so quick plot of this film is um, Adam Sandler plays a, a man who is like an ad exec in Los Angeles. And he has a wife and two kids. And his wife is Katie Holmes. So weird. And he he has like this sister he hates because he's embarrassed by her because she's from the Bronx and she's loud. And she's built like a football player because it's Adam Sandler in a dress. And she comes to visit for Hanukkah. And the whole time he's like, I hate her. I want her out of here. And she ends up like extending her stay. So things get really wacky. But the, <laughs> the big thing is he needs Al Pacino to star in this commercial for Dunkin' Donuts that he's working on for their Dunkachino drink,
0: that has been a meme in recent years.
3: Oh, has it? The
0: Dunkachino sequence movie has been remixed, kind of like the um, <laughs> on the Simpsons, the uh, Aurora Borealis, <laughs> um, steamed hams uh, scene. Or Are you not like aware of either of these memes? <laughs> okay. For some reason, people remix the Duncan Chino scene over and over again, where it'll be like Dunkin' Chino, except every word that starts with a B has been removed. Or Dunkin' Chino, except it's uh, filmed like a Reffin movie or something. Like people no remix that scene over it. and over again.
2: Wow. I, w- I mean, I will say he is the best part of this movie. That again. makes sense.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so he's trying to get Al Pacino to do the Duncan Chino commercial where he has to rap about a Duncan Chino at Dunkin' Donuts. And Al Pacino meets Jill. Which is Adam Sandler's sister, that is Adam Sandler in a dress, and he falls in love with her. Mm. And <laughs> mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie. Hell already ensues. <laughs> I it's so focused on like Al Pacino like being like having all this, like, oh, I'll I'll come and you can climb up the ladder into my helicopter and I'll fly us to my castle in Italy and we can have dinner, you know, Jill, aka Adam Sandler in a dress. Ha ha ha. And that's kind of like the main plot of the movie. But this movie is so weird. Like, it's not cohesive at all. There's just a bunch of weird shit that's supposed to be funny that does not hit any kind of funny bone. Oh. Period. Like, not even, like, so bad it's funny. Like, no, none of that. Um. Oh, God. And there is, like, a scene where there's all these celebrities who are hanging out because it's L.A., but the celebrities are Jared Fogel from Subway. Oh, oh no. no. And it's the, not sh- a- oh, well. and the Boy. ShamWow Wow guy. Oh, wow. the- Okie doke. <laughs> it's um just this <laughs> horrible time capsule that oh. <laughs> made me feel icky the whole time. And I don't know, I don't find that like, you know, man in a dress humor funny at all. And I don't oh, it's just not funny. And it's just horrible. But yeah, that's what uh, I watched. It's I-
2: Rob- unless it's Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire, well, yeah. which is a great segue to the movie I was going to talk about. <gasps> Jack from the, oh, like God. the mid-90s. Oh, nineties,
3: where he's like an imaginary person? Or no, like no, A no. kid, man In kid? In this one, yeah. he
2: has an aging disorder. And so he's a 10-year-old boy <laughs> who looks like Robin Williams. Directed by Francis Ford Coppola? By Francis Ford dude. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm watching this movie. I'm like, oh my god, this is like bizarre. Like, Robin Williams is so hairy, and he's doing this shtick, you oh know, god. acting like a ten year old. And but the movie is like really trying to pull at your heartstrings. I'm like, oh, let me see who directed this trash. And it's Francis, <laughs> The Godfather, Ford Coppola. Oh my God, what the fuck, dude, yeah, dude. This movie, like, it has one of the most uncomfortable. Scenes where Fran Drescher <gasps> makes out with him—it like as a, makes a, out a with ten-year-old? a ten-year-old boy as an adult, as an adult. And I, my mouth was like agape <laughs> for like half of this movie. I'm like, who greenlit this? <laughs> who is it for? Why is it? Right. And like, oh why did God. Francis Ford Coppola like? Is this a passion project? Like, what is going on?
3: Okay. I remember the movie poster to this. He's, like, doing, like, a jumping jack. Yeah. Where it looks like he's going, woo! Yeah. And Jack's written in, like, little kids. Yes. Like yeah, Like or crayons. Or crayon letters.
1: Little, like, jorts or
3: something. Yes. yeah. Oh, my God. I, I didn't... I thought he was, like, an imaginary friend in that movie. Mm-mm, Shit. That might be a different that movie. That might be bogus, I'm thinking of. It's and that's really
2: interesting to watch. I mean... I wouldn't say it's good. I mean, I was like (laughs) entertained by just the like absurdity of the whole thing. And it it actually, so I have a very distinct memory of going to see this when I was a kid. And the memory also involves there used to be like a dollar movie theater out in Metairie. I don't know if y'all. Shalmet had like a. Dollar movie theater, we too. We had one at home. Yeah, at yeah this the was mall. like off of vets, I think. It's like um,
0: second run movies that already played like months ago. Yeah, and yeah. Like come, come back around but one more time. The
2: memory I have, and I confirmed it with my mom, was that we, <laughs> we went and there was only one other person going to see this in the theater <laughs> and they sat two seats. Away from me, we're yeah. <laughs> on the same on the same aisle, like two seats over, and it was like the creepiest was shit. Was it Fran yeah.
0: Drescher in a in a transport?
2: <laughs> <must, come> <laughs> was right a at that age. I would have been the hey, same age as boy. Jack in this movie. <laughs> oh, so I don't know. If you want to see Francis Ford Coppola's worst movie, yeah, I, I don't know if it's his worst, but it's the worst I've seen.
1: He defended it too, didn't he? he? Was like getting all this criticism, and he did defend yeah, it. He yeah, he was like, "No, I just wanted to make this movie." And <laughs> I made this movie,
2: and it is what it is. Well, I'm sure, like after doing The Godfather and these heavy, like okay, like let's <laughs> right. do this let's fun do little like like family friend, you know, family friendly. <laughs>
0: yeah. But it's not family friendly; it's, it's like not. very creepy. I feel like a lot of those '70s auteurs have at least one comedy that are just like god awful. Yeah, like, remember yeah. I watched like all the Friedkin movies, and there were like a couple like just straight forward comedies it's like this is not your like strong suit this, <laughs> this is, is not, not what you're your lane, bro yeah.
2: <laughs> so anyway what about you hannah you seen so anything?
1: i have not seen a movie that is um as down in the gutters those two so <laughs> i'm going to talk about a movie i saw that i did like um so i'm trying to do the criterion challenge again which is a letterbox challenge you pick 52 movies from the Criterion collection. Um, So I watched Secrets and Lies by Mike Lee. It was released in 1996. It is about a a black woman named Hortense who was adopted. And uh, both of her parents die of natural causes. She's an adult. um, So she decides to go and find her adopted family. Uh, And she finds out from the adoption agency that her her mother was white. Um, And as you're following her, it's also following this other family in England. Uh, the uh, woman is played by uh, Brenda Blethyn. Cynthia. She has a brother who's played by Timothy Spell. His name is Morris. He's married to Phyllis Logan, um, who is Monica. So you're like, it's cutting back between these two families. It becomes clear that um, Cynthia is Hortense's mother, um, and they reconnect. And this brings up a lot of like pain and... Um, like familial secrets, a lot of tensions between the family members in this tight family. Um, and Hortense eventually goes to this family gathering and it kind of like escalates into uh, a resolution of tension. And I thought it was a really beautiful movie. Um, it is so authentic in the exploration of these feelings. And the character of Hortense is such a beautiful, compassionate person. Like, she is... Cynthia is just kind of a mess. She's extremely lonely. Um, She doesn't have very good relationships with her daughter or her family. Um, So the connection that she forms with Hortense is just, like, really beautiful. Hortense is just, like, meeting her at every step very kindly, very patiently. Uh, And I just... It is a little melodramatic, but I just thought that it was, like, a really bald-faced look at these, like, family relationships. Uh, I really liked it. I don't know if anybody has seen
0: it. I don't it. know that I've seen any Michael Lee movies. Oh, really? It's one of those, I like, haven't. directors that, you know, just...
2: What else has he done? I don't know.
1: <laughs> he, I've heard I the th- name. He has this yeah. other movie. I think it's called... I can't remember what it's called. I think it's Happy-Go-Lucky. It's about a guidance counselor who's just, like, very peppy and kind, Um, And a lot of people um, love that movie, too. So that's next in line. But yeah, it was like a really very human movie. I really um, enjoyed it.
0: I remember reading an interview with him recently, like maybe last year, where like he had this idea ready to go that he was trying to get like Netflix or one of the other like streamers to like fund and like no one would pay for it. And he was just like, what? does this mean like if i have all this like capital as like a director right movie since the 80s or yeah and nobody's
1: gonna yeah support this but
0: they'll like fund like random like yeah like dart at the board yeah right yeah the christmas switch or whatever yeah exactly
1: (laughs) yeah it's but i really recommend this movie the tense scenes are so hard to watch and the like The relationships are beautiful. It's great. Um, Okay. Brandon, what have you been watching?
0: Well, I have a recommendation for you specifically, actually. Oh! Uh, We were talking last time about how there weren't a lot of sci-fi movies that, like, really caught your attention last year. Mm -hmm. And you are attracted to those, like, AI as, like, replacements for, like, human-to-human relationships. Yeah. I saw a good one that just popped up on Hulu. It was a movie from last year that I've been waiting to see for free. (laughs) And Mm -hmm, finally it is for free. Um, It's German. It's called I'm Your Man. Ooh. Um, It stars Dan Stevens. And like the first like good movie I've seen Dan Stevens in in like a long time.
3: Okay. I saw this pop up on Hulu too. Yeah. I just didn't know what it was about, but I saw his name.
0: He is a robot. That is designed to be the perfect boyfriend. Oh, uh, no. And Dan Stevens is sort of like generically handsome um, in a way that I think annoys him. Like he wants to be in like much weirder movies than people cast him in. Mm-hmm. And here he gets to kind of do both. He's like playing this like perfect AI, like calibrated machine boyfriend. He's basically like a walking, talking dildo that like attends to your emotional needs yeah, as well. Yeah, totally. Uh, he's being beta tested mm-hmm. for the market. Uh, This scientist... Is trying to get funding for her own research, and whatever parent company funds her, her academic work is basically like, okay, we'll allocate more funding to you if you like beta test this like AI boyfriend thing mm-hmm. that we created in the lab. And um, she takes him home and treats him like a household appliance, but he's supposed to like learn more about her and like become more of her ideal suitor mm-hmm. um, if she like actually interacts with him in like a human to human level. Um, And the movie actually plays out kind of like this really sweet rom-com between the two of them. Except, you know, it's a little more sophisticated and a little more melancholic than most rom-coms allow themselves to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you get kind of like the philosophical stuff from like Her or Never Let Me Go or, uh, you know, other like Like kind sci-fi things. Mm -hmm. It's just like a little sweeter and like a little cuter than those movies are usually. Oh. Um, and I really liked it. Cool. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah, that's great. I, that is uh, my shit. So yeah. thank you.
0: And that is me squeezing uh, one more honorable mention from last year <laughs> into this uh, episode. Cause we have four more movies that I can say with full confidence are not going to make our top 10 of the year list, <laughs> even though I'm not sure what those 10 are. It's not going to be these. Uh a lot of them, it's because only one of them, only one of us had seen them by the time we did the list. But yeah. even so, I don't think they would have made the top ten. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about that. We'll see. Uh, so we're gonna start with a very ambitious, high profile, swing for the fences release uh, from <laughs> Amazon, and then we're gonna do a, uh, some more like I think lower budget, kind of genre movies, like more intimate, smaller films. After that, and all that's coming up to you right, right now. now. So I just went down like below my top 10 and just went to a movie that we haven't discussed yet. Um, my number 11, I think, was The Matrix Resurrections, which we could have discussed mm-hmm. today. I think there's like enough there. Mm-hmm. Um, but my number 12, I needed other people to see. <laughs> like I needed <laughs> uh, to talk about this with other Swamp Flixers because it is a movie I have thought about more so than any of my top 20 films of the year. Uh, it is Annette <laughs> from Leo Krox. He is a... Um, French filmmaker, I think most known for Holy Motors about 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that movie yeah, really yeah. is wild. Yeah. And so is Annette, I think. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, this is a collaboration with the avant garde pop group Sparks, uh, who have been around since the days of New Wave and just churning out music constantly since I think the late 60s or early 70s. Sparks actually wrote Annette as a rock album, it's supposed to be an audio format story. Okay. Uh, And it's supposed to be like a concept album, like a rock opera. And once they wrote the story, they decided they needed a visual component and did a collaboration with this director. Uh, It stars Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard as a famous couple. He is a uh, (laughs) tells-it-like-it-is brash comedian. I was thinking like Andrew Dice Clay. Or something. That uh, or, you know, like all these comedians that like rebrand, like after they get canceled, quote unquote, they like come out and like, I'm going to be even more like right wing. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like Dave Chappelle recently yeah. or uh, Louis C.K. Louis C.K. Yeah. just had a new special come out, I think. Yeah, I'm sure so. it's all about cancel culture and how Probably. no one's listening to him anymore. I think whatever. it's
1: called Sorry.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe you.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: So Henry McHenry is the stand up. Uh, he <laughs> does this. Very lengthy routine at the beginning of the movie, and this is I think as soon as you know something is off about this film, his stand-up is deliberately unfunny, and it is lengthy. You just watch him tell quote unquote jokes and the audience quote unquote laughs at them. So it's almost yeah. like instead of an actual stand-up show, you're like watching like a cardboard cutout of a stand-up show. Mm-hmm. It's like this artificial remove uh that the whole movie goes through because It is a sung through rock opera. So instead of like him telling a joke, he's basically saying out loud,
2: I am telling a joke now. Laugh. Laugh. Is he (laughs) meant to look like a boxer?
3: Like with the green robe situation? Yeah, that's why I was
2: saying the Andrew Dice, the macho. Right, yeah. You know, he comes out in a cloud of smoke.
3: I didn't know if it was like a boxer robe or if it was like a fancy
1: man robe. No, I had the same thought. Cause he's doing the, like the jump rope.
2: Yeah. Or yeah. He's like too. psyching himself
0: yeah. up. Right. Smoking a cigarette and eating a banana right. at the same time, <laughs> which is he, vile. Yeah. He
1: puts his banana out in oh. the ashtray.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you did take that as it's satire. I think right? so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like making fun of these, like tell it like it is offensive on purpose. If Everyone's yeah. offensive. Everyone's having right. fun. Kind of comedians. Um, later in the film, once his crimes are exposed and his like true personality is exposed, the audience turns on him. And he's like, you know, let me tell you why I became a comedian. They're like, you're not a comedian. You're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is like what they were going for. Um, his new fiance is Anne. Uh, she is a opera singer. And she does the exact opposite thing. Instead of like dominating the audience, she um, saves them. She dies for mm-hmm. them on stage every night. She dies so beautifully that people love her. Uh, Their romance plays out in the press in these like very fake Entertainment Tonight style (laughs) uh, news updates on like the various stages of their romance. Um, They have a baby, uh, which they name after Anne. The baby is named Annette. This movie is about an hour and 20 minutes long. You meet Annette about 40 minutes into it. um, And Annette is played by various puppets. Uh, throughout the entire film,
2: it's two hours. Two and hours. twenty minutes. Oh my! Long. What, did I, what did I just say? Because One that's hour a big. And uh, sorry, <laughs> it's it's a long movie. It's two hours and twenty minutes It's long. <laughs> yeah. Don't say it's an hour and twenty and get don't, people roped don't in. Don't fool
3: the people, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> try to trick people into right. saying right. that.
0: My bad. Uh, it is obnoxiously long, um, which I think is kind of indicative of like how self indulgent it is. Mm-hmm. And the first time I saw it, I was like, I don't even know if I like this. But I, I like how much fun it's having with itself. Yeah. And I'm going to spoil where this goes because it's a love triangle between Anne, Henry, and Anne's accompanist, who also mm-hmm. wants to be a composer, which you know because he tells you that directly <laughs> in the dialogue.
1: I am an accompanist for the present.
0: <laughs> but I'm a composer. <laughs> I'm a composer at heart. Um, it's a love triangle. Henry um, becomes more and more unhinged as Anne's star rises while his falls. um, And he ends up becoming a reckless drunk and kills her not entirely by accident um, during a boat ride. And then Anne turns into a ghost (laughs) after she is murdered and decides to haunt Henry for the rest of his life through their daughter. Uh, The puppet (laughs) is now possessed by the ghost of her mother. And anytime the moonlight or a lamp shines on her. She sings in her mother's voice and this haunts Henry, like the guilt of murdering Anne drives him insane. Another love triangle starts not a sexual one, but like a just sort of like familial love triangle when the conductor becomes like a surrogate father for the puppet, possibly her real father. Mm. And the three of them continue the love triangle that him Anne, and the conductor had when Anne was alive, uh, where they're both vying for Annette's affection while Henry is exploiting her because, Annette's singing becomes like an international sensation. Mm-hmm. She's this tiny puppet child. She
3: becomes baby Annette.
0: Yeah, she becomes baby Annette, <laughs> which is like a pop star name you right. come up with. Oh, that's
3: so good.
0: Uh, and then the last scene is Henry in prison for murder. And Annette shows who she really is. She appears as an actual human child to him um, for the first time because her entire life, her father and her mother, uh, her mother from beyond the grave, has been manipulating and exploiting mm-hmm. her and she's like now you can actually see me for the first time as like this human oh, being i didn't get that and she's like basically telling him like how could i ever forgive you you basically turned me yeah. into a vampire she calls it like right.
1: i will be a vampire forever
0: oh god the vampire forever line <laughs> she is was so a good
3: because they were using her as a puppet yeah, right. yeah. okay right. i thought it was a pinocchio thing
0: <laughs> and i explained the whole thing up front because the first time i watched this movie the whole time, the whole two hours and 20 minutes, I was like,
2: is this good weird or just weird weird? Exactly. Dude, I've seen it once. Yeah. And that's pretty that's much the stage where, I, at. That's right. where I'm at. I'm like, that was something.
1: The first stage of Annette.
2: The second time I watched it, I was like, this is good, actually.
0: Like, I actually like this. The third time I watched it, I was like, this is great. And then the ending made me cry. Like, I, I like shed a oh tear God. as Annette mm-hmm. was like like debating with her father about like whether or not she was raised correctly. And then the fourth time I watched it, which was for this conversation we're having right now, I cried a lot at the end. (laughs) Which is bizarre.
3: This is like the Annette curse or something like that.
0: Like I basically like hypnotized myself with this movie. (laughs) I think conceivably what you could say about it is that the first and the last song are very good yeah everything in the middle is very strange i don't know if
2: it all holds together i don't think the songs are very memorable unfortunately I, except for the last one not even the may we start song that song is a banger so may we
0: start? may we may oh yeah. The, may you're we the inter- yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i'll get i'll give you that yeah the rest Maybe of it is good. very um it's just dialogue. You
1: know, it reminded me of that movie that we watched for movie of the month about the, the British, the the killing. Um, London, Road? London yeah, Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. London Road, where the, it's just like Everyone pure. Everyone is really, really quiet. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like that. Exactly. Like there are phrases that people repeat, but it doesn't particularly, you know, rhyming is not important. It's just like spoken dialogue. Or sung dialogue.
0: And I guess Umbrellas of Cherbourg is, like, the most famous example yeah. I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that there's supposed to be catchy songs. Right. But now that I've seen it four times, there are little lines that, like, get caught in my head. It gets catchier the more I watch it, obviously, because I've been, like, <laughs> you know, conditioning myself to love this movie.
3: <laughs> you spent probably close to ten hours on that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was just like, it was so bizarre watching it for the first time. And like, yeah, I I would look over to Hannah, like, I don't know if this is, like you said, I don't, (laughs) I think this is bad. Right. (laughs) I think this is really, really bad. But then, like you were saying, at the end when Annette reveals she's a child, I was like, damn, that movie was actually like about something. And the more I thought about it, it's like also just satirizing Hollywood like celebrity culture. It's a very LA movie. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of made me reevaluate it. But maybe I, you know, do need to revisit it a couple times.
1: Mm. I really like these, like like I didn't know what Annette was about at all. I knew he was a comedian. I knew she was an opera singer. But I love movies that kind of sneak a little fable into the plot and become kind of this like magical fairy tale. Um so that was very pleasantly surprising. I was I thought Annette was so strange. I could not figure out what was. I was like, I see a little hinge on her knee. When she was born, she's obviously fake. But I thought it was like a thing that would go away, and then she continued to be a puppet. And I was like, okay, this is like a this is part of the movie. This this means something. But there were so many scenes where I was I would just like look over at James and say like, what. Like what yeah. what is what's happening um but i I really enjoyed it. I think I would want to watch it again. Um and the image of little Annette <laughs> being at the drawn hyper bowl, hyper bowl. Yeah. Oh, that giant <laughs> triangle. And, and mean, these oh, like the four drones. little drones, oh, like brrr, just like buzzing and her. And then over. it like fades
3: away, like she's at a TED talk. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, "Dad kills people."
0: <laughs> <laughs> the hyper bowl scene yeah. where she's performing in front of like a you know sports arena crowd. Yeah, has my favorite line in the entire movie, where like Annette is not performing the way that she has mm-hmm. been to make Henry all this money. So they have to keep reintroducing her. And the announcer's like, please excuse Baby Annette's nervousness. Baby Annette is a baby, after all. Yeah, I, I did chuckle laugh at, at that line. line. So funny.
3: Uh, yeah. Um, so I really, really like this movie a lot. Hell yeah. Um. <laughs> Um, But I don't think I, like, thought the same shit was happening because, like, I said earlier, I thought that it was, like, a Pinocchio situation and that she turned into a real child
1: at the end.
0: I mean, kind of. She, Maybe. She's, like, free from her parents, like, um, exploitation at I the guess. end. So she becomes, like, a real person for the first time. Maybe so.
1: So yeah. I didn't know how to read that final shot where, like, the puppet is on the ground like I think
2: what she's does, like is leaving she, that behind does okay she, yeah. i could not she's tell like her own person yeah now.
1: okay well that i yeah. couldn't tell if that was like her like she was kind of deanimated because she was not filled by the purpose of her parents anymore mm-hmm. or if she like her corporeal form left and the puppet was left behind. maybe that's only,
3: a much better he saw it right like maybe it's him seeing like
0: yeah the, that's him like looking at because basically she tells him at yeah. the end, like, you have nothing to love anymore. I'm not part of your life. Yeah, you mm-hmm. suck, man. You're just alone with your own, like, self-obsessed thoughts. Yeah, Which
3: to me was just as terrifying, like, watching a little girl say all that than a puppet.
0: Her little voice <laughs> when she finally sings... Because most of the movies she sings through her mother's mm-hmm. operatic voice. Mm-hmm. So in that final scene where she's, like, debating with him about whether or not he's a good dad. And she's... Oof. Cutting through his
2: bullshit in this like little chipper like child's like voice. Mm -hmm. Because that's real shit. Because he has such like a deep voice that hers just kind of, like you say, cuts through. And I don't know. I mean, this is like the Adam Driver show. I mean, he like (laughs) fucking kills in this movie. It's a love triangle movie, but I feel
0: like it's mostly about his character more so than the other two people.
3: I don't know. I loved, I love marionettes and I thought that like the baby in it like, the whole look of all the baby Annette's, because there's a few of them, was so pretty. In a in a really weird way. Like, those fucking ears. Like, whenever she was born. Huge. And you just see these giant ears. <laughs> Huge She ears. looked like the Claymation Baby New Year movie. Like, you know all those, like, Christmas movies? Like, Rudolph and... Like, the
0: Heat Miser and... Heat Miser. Yeah. And,
3: yeah, like, that's kind of what baby Annette looks like, especially with the red hair thing. Okay. And, like, the i don't know the little squish face she's got (laughs) oh man that was what a weird kid (laughs) i loved it so much if they make baby annette marionette puppets i will fucking buy them i will give them all my money i love her
0: scraggly hair she has long hair but not a lot of it
3: like dry so odd yeah Mm, like if it's like hay it will catch fire if she gets too close (laughs) to a candle it was so beautiful to me, but there's so much weird shit happening. And I love whenever there's like weird crap against beautiful stuff that looks like it costs like millions of dollars to make. But it was just like stupid shit in a cool way. Though I feel like there's a lot I'm of like saying. stunts,
0: like, oh. uh, like he'll like be singing while he goes down on her, which I feel like right. was a big talking point for this movie. Yeah, that was
2: I like that scene. And there's yeah. like um, them riding around. <laughs> me too. Yeah. yeah. Of
0: course. And they're like riding around on a motorcycle with no yeah. helmets. Um, then there's the weird like CGI of like Annette flying around while she sings.
3: Oh, baby Annette flying, and then the boat scene where Anne dies. Yeah, mm-hmm. the boat scene where Anne dies. Rear
0: projection, was so beautiful. Good. Yeah. Now, Looks like the Wild Boys.
3: Anne's ghost has hmm. these like sharp shoulders.
1: Yeah, it's like she morphs into this like demon.
0: Yeah, which is really cool, like an opera character. Yeah, yeah. I
1: guess, yeah, yeah. And that set the first time the ghost appears, it's like they, they um, Adam Driver and Baby Annette have like boated up to the shore and it's like a very obviously fake set but it looks really cool really beautiful it's like this black slate rock and like the moon is shining down on the little baby yeah it looks like that was that place in the giant something something
3: in like oh the giant's causeway yeah that's what it looks like because it's got like the same patterns Mm -hmm.
2: right the two scenes that really resonated with me were that montage of them traveling the world
0: oh yeah that has one of the best lines in the movie where he goes to a nightclub and the women are like hard to imagine all these men who want us to love them but hate themselves
2: or something yeah. like that I got yeah. I, got a I stuff,
3: love but... that cool nightclub yeah. scene where it was like all these like nightclubs from around the world right and I'm like ooh, where are we now but that
2: uh-huh. but I think like that scene where Adam driver is doing his stand-up routine talking about how he tickled his wife to, to death, death they're like damn dude like that's as an actor, him, like, really putting himself mm-hmm. out there. I, like, I thought that was pretty impressive to really go for it.
0: But, like, the audience chanting asshole back at him. Yeah. Like, it's always supposed to be funny. Like, there's, like, a lot of real emotional stuff going on in this mm-hmm. movie, I
2: think. But it's all like, delivered in this, like, smirk. There's, like, always a, sh- a level of, or a layer of, I guess, like. Artifice. Yeah. Artifice or metaphor or something. Yeah. It, yeah, it just makes it. Feel stra- yeah. It's just yeah. strange, very feeling. surreal.
3: It's weird that Adam Driver was so good in here because I didn't expect him to be like at first when I saw the marionette baby and all this weird shit happening. I'm like, this guy is not gonna vibe well with this because he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't do weird stuff. Like, I mean, he does kind of funny things and kind of wacky and slightly serious stuff. But you, you can, can tell never, he wants to be
0: taken seriously as an actor, right? Easily. but yeah. he's never
3: done anything like. Strange like this before, um, but he he was good at it. I want to see him do more weird shit.
1: I did think so. He has he's on SNL and he has this skit where it's like bring your parent to school day, and he's like this old oil baron.
0: Oh, I remember that. Yeah, sketch. and yeah. he's
1: like. Like, I think he is willing to do strange things and commit to them Ooh. 100%. Like, that skit is so funny because he is totally crazed and, like, he is in the character of this old shriveled oil baron and, like, screaming at the children. Um, but he's he's not, like, really making a joke out of it. It is, like, he's 100% in it. So that's that's kind of how I, like, I actually think this is a good wheelhouse for him. Yeah. And I think does more weird shit. yeah.
0: I don't think there are any bad performances in this movie no. at all. Like, <laughs> even Simon Helberg from um, oh, he's Big Bang yeah. Theory is very good
2: in this. I think, I think it's more like the pacing is, I think, going to be tough. Cause there's like that middle section. Yeah. That is unfortunately kind of a drag. The
0: bookends are so good. Like, the beginning, yeah. and, beginning end like and end perfect. are perfect.
2: But there's a lot in the middle. <laughs> it's long. Like I said, it's almost two and a half hours.
0: I did write when I first watched this that you could cut out an hour without losing much. I don't agree with that review anymore. <laughs> no, I don't think an hour,
2: but I think you could cut half an hour. Right. Yeah. Keep it under two, and it mm-hmm. would be a tighter film.
0: As is, it's uh, John Waters' favorite movie of 2021. So oh, I feel really? like that's like I, a high that, accolade right there. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's true. That makes sense. I I guess the other thing, and then, again, I want to rewatch it, but the other thing I struggled with was like. It's like almost a satire of like rock operas or like a satire of musicals in a way. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know, it's just mm. challenging. It's like kind of hard to get on its level, but it was something. Yeah. I, mean, I liked it. I mean, I liked it. I had
1: feelings about it. I
2: had feelings right. about it. I totally, you know. Well, give it um
0: six well, more well, hours of your time. Yeah.
1: Me too. I'm having the wildest mommy brain lately. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's mommy brain. I think Dr. Endo did something. I think they're in on it. In on what?
0: So I think the order that we came up with, we're gonna go from uh, least to most romantic, <laughs> and I think also um, most to least about babies. I think is the other <laughs> overlap here. So that would put Brittany next in line.
3: Yeah, this is all about babies. So the, the film that I picked, and I think this is number 12 on my uh, my top 15 list. It is False Positive. So this film stars Alana Glazer, who's only done funny stuff her entire life, and Justin Thoreau. They are a couple who have issues getting pregnant so I like how she makes this comment where she's like this is the only thing like I'm supposed to do well as a woman is like have a baby and I can't do it. I think a lot of women feel that way. And a lot of women feel that way and they don't even really want babies. And I'm like you just think you want them because that's what you're like supposed to do. So I kind of liked how she said that line because I hear it all the damn time.
0: This movie doesn't make pregnancy look fun no, or fulfilling. It makes it spooky. <laughs> yeah. and, and
3: she got pregnant I don't know if she was pregnant in the movie, but she was pregnant, like, shortly thereafter, too. So that must yeah. have been a very weird experience. I
0: was looking up interviews, like, after the movie came out, like, the promotional stuff, and she was like, I just had a kid. So somewhere <laughs> yeah. between it, rapping and her, like...
3: Yeah. Yeah. So they find themselves in the office of this, like, grandmaster daddy, fertility expert played by Pierce Bronson. And they're able to get an appointment with him, which it's very hard to get an appointment with him because her husband is a like a plastic surgeon and he worked with him and he kind of was her husband's mentor. Um, so they're able to get this appointment and he's got this, it's never explained in the beginning, but it's it's explained in the end, um, this super cool method that is like a never fail and like women always get pregnant when they like go to his office so, like most people who get fertility treatments and get pregnant, she has like twins. So she gets pregnant with twins. And as she's a little further along in her pregnancy, there's some complications. So she has to do like a reduction, which is just like guess like a fancy, fancy name for an abortion almost, where she has to pick which one survives. And she wants the female one to survive because she wants a girl. Um, specifically to name her Wendy. Um, there's like a lot of Peter Pan imagery in this movie especially at the end but yeah she wants to name her wendy and i think the um the director had like a thing with peter pan he was like a big peter pan fan
0: i don't know about that but the reason i wanted to see this was for the director so i'm more familiar with his work than i am with like who he is as a person yeah (laughs) that makes any sense
3: i remember like reading something about him like really liking peter pan which is why he came up with the wendy and then the window scene in the end so she picks the girl and then they're like okay sure um and long story short when she gives birth um she ends up giving birth to like twin boys and like no wendy like the whole time she thought she was like having a girl and then was found out she was having well actually had like two boys um there's all kinds of weird stuff that happens between the point where she like finds out she's pregnant to like when she actually has the kids like there's a lot of you know her kind of coming in and out of reality and like people kind of telling her like, Oh, you've got this like mommy brain. You're going nuts. This isn't what it seems. And there's really no clarification, like the things that you're seeing, if it's reality or not. Like, and I kind of like that, how like, there's nothing telling you like what's a dream or what's reality. And you know, it's like part of both, but nothing's defined.
0: There's one exception, which is when um she abandons her, like, you know, very patriarchal medical approach to birth. And then she goes to a midwife. Yeah. Um, she picks this very naturalistic, like blogging midwife. And then after the birth, she goes back to the woman and all of her like naturalism stuff has been stripped and it just mm-hmm. looks like a regular office. Like a she's like, I'm not office. your African right voodoo priestess, yeah. like mystic, uh that's like yeah. delivering Which a baby. Is I'm a like real a- person.
3: Yeah. Right. I thought that was interesting just because, you know, I have like one of my best friends is a doula. And, you know, a lot of my friends went through pregnancies and stuff. And it's just, like, it seems very stressful to, like, pick how you want to have your baby. And then, like, there's this weird, like, thing with, like, white women wanting to do all this, like, holistic stuff. And, like, kind of tapping in and taking away from a lot of, you know, women of color and their cultural, you know, things that that are done. And it's just so, it's a weird realm.
0: The movie kind of has it both ways, though, because it, like, contrasts the like white man right. medical industry against that. Like kind of like putting down modern gynecology, which is fine. But then it, it does that and it's like, well also though, you're like also like culturally racist Yeah, you can't like use thing. people. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean that that's where I struggle with. I was like, where is this movie coming from besides just like pregnancy is terrifying? That might just be it though. <laughs> that yeah. might be it. And I think that is it, but there's a lot of other stuff in here about like workplace dynamics yeah patriarchy like you talked about the the midwife so it's like on its surface about a lot but Mm -hmm. i think at the end of the day it's really just like pregnancy is yeah terrifying tough
3: (laughs) yeah especially whenever like you don't know what direction to go in Mm -hmm. with it you have you know you have if especially if you're in a relationship your husband has to have i guess a say-so but like how much say-so does he have
0: Everybody in your life has an opinion on oh my every God. choice you make. And yeah. then,
3: like, this whole thing, like, I kind of felt like that's probably what it feels like. That whole feeling of, like, what's real, what isn't. is probably what it feels like to be pregnant and, like, have all these other people make decisions about shit happening inside of you. It's just so bizarre. They could have named this
0: movie Mommy Brain and it would have been Brain. just yeah. as good.
3: <laughs> um, <Yeah>. But, <laughs> so, after she has the two boys, it ends up being, like, two boys, she... Eventually finds out that the method that Pierce Bronson's character, which he plays a fabulous villain. Who knew? Oh, this is like a great career turn for him. Yeah. It was so crazy. He was so good that he's like using his like semen in these, um
2: in vitro, in vitro. Fertilization Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Like he's using his semen and not telling people. So like pretty much every woman that's going to his clinic has like had his son because he thinks like his genes are like super superior. Yeah. And that like, yeah, there's gonna be a bunch of smart little little guys like me running around the world. Which this has happened many times. Like there was like right. a dude there was like An HBO documentary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched I watched that last
2: oh. year, Baby God. I think it's yes.
0: a documentary. Yeah, baby God, that's super, totally it. Super it's about up. the gene pool, like kind of um being like bottlenecks because like one sperm donor was being used over and over again or no no, no it's, it was it's the doctor. doctor this guy's yeah. literally
2: the doctor oh, okay. and he was impregnating women with his own for years and oh. like he has like 75 children across mm-hmm. the united states so maybe this is somewhat just headline exploitation like kind of like yeah yeah i mean that.
1: yeah i think it came out at around the same yeah i mean probably. like I, a year
2: and later. i like really hated that documentary because it kind <laughs> of like Try to humanize him and like. Oh, oh we, need no, under- no, no. we need to We <laughs> need to understand think about <laughs> his reasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, reasons. That's so scary. Like- I was like, he's oh, a this- human after all. I felt all. gross watching. Like, why are we? It's like a mass rapist. Yeah, yeah. This is terrible. So, I, I couldn't help but think of that when I was watching this movie. Like, oh yeah, oh, this shit happens.
3: So yeah. So she go- when she finds out, she like kind of goes nuts, grabs her like placenta with like Wendy dangling off of it, and there's this fabulous part where she's like beating up
0: Gretchen is it Mole. Gretchen I love her.
3: <laughs> and she's like, she shoves this like thing that like goes up like a vagina, like down her throat mm-hmm. to try and like kill her. Yeah. And she's like, I have great gag reflexes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she ends up like going back home and tries to like breastfeed the dead, windy fetus back to life, which is this like very bizarre scene And then she takes like the two sons and like they fly out the window, kind of like Baby
0: Annette. Um, (laughs) Peter Pan and Baby Annette. (laughs) Peter Pan and Baby Annette. (laughs) Two classics.
3: So I don't know. Like this um, to me was like the second best pregnancy horror that came out in 2021. First being Titan. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, true. True. I just like really liked this movie because it was kind of all over the place, but in a really cool way. And it was sort of like a throwback to a lot of people compared this to Rosemary's baby. And I didn't feel that. I, I kinda, feel like it's
0: like pretty much a hundred
2: percent Rosemary's yeah, baby. That's it? what
3: I thought too. I, yeah. I kind of felt like it was more of like a, like lifetime. But I, but I think Rosemary's movies. baby,
2: like what I struggle with, with this movie was like the whole unreliable narrator thing, especially towards the end, like the last 40 minutes. I'm just like, okay, are we in a hallucination or is this really happening and the film doesn't really make it clear where we're at at any given time yeah. and like I like ambiguity in films but in this one it was just sort of like I don't really know what happened nope. and to me that's like not good storytelling it's I a guess. choice though It's like, a yeah, choice yeah. but
1: yeah. I kind of liked it for that well I also think like actually the connection to me with that and rosemary's baby is that like the main comparison for me is like first of all the horrors of your body just changing and doing things Ugh. in during an experience that is supposed to be like ah oh, like the most beautiful time of your life and this is wonderful and then like being told that the things that are happening to you are normal and that you shouldn't question it and like having these authority figures saying like trust us this is normal and like mm-hmm. you begin to not trust yourself and I feel like you know, she s- starts to hallucinate, and part of that is like not being able to trust what she's sensing and what she isn't. She's not like, Breen is real, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <God>. <laughs> brain. oh, you're just so so disoriented. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I got like Rosemary's baby um inside that that French film, mm-hmm. the very last scene. Um, and it did feel lifetime, too, especially yeah. during like, The um, I got that too during the like work scenes where it's like all these men are obviously like, oh, you're gonna get the like tofu bowl orders, right?
2: But but yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, okay, the film is really just saying like pregnancy is scary and it's terrible. But then you have like a lot of time given to the workplace dynamic. But that's part of being pregnant,
0: yeah. It's being like overruled and like things are taken out of your hands and like. Your professional career comes basically to a halt.
1: In job interviews, people have asked women, like, if they're planning on starting a family so they Mm -hmm. can gauge whether, like, they want to hire somebody. Because, like, oh, if you're going to leave and have a kid, then... You know, maybe, maybe like you know, technically enjoy.
0: it's illegal to do that, but right. like they, it still oh happens, yeah, like,
1: <laughs> especially in New Orleans. I've been asked like at
3: multiple interviews where if I'm married and I plan on having kids, right. I'm like, yeah. why not in your business, yeah?
1: And then the weird, like glowing, you know, when she, yeah, yeah. tell and then, oh, yeah, you were glowing, and that's it's like almost like, yes, this is your natural state, like you, sh- we've been waiting for you to be pregnant, now you are glowing and you are mm. like on the path. To fulfilling your womanhood. Yeah,
2: I see that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to mm-hmm. say too the Rosemary's Baby stuff, like it's the exact plot though.
2: Like, yeah, yeah. the husband Minus being Satan. in on it is part of it. Like,
3: and his name's
0: Adrian,
2: but the husband's really? motivation in Rosemary's Baby was so much clearer. It's like,
0: that's no, the same, it's the same motivation. It's to, to advance his professional career, success.
2: no, but I'm talking about the whole conspiracy. Like, in Rosemary's Baby, it's like he you know, is this actor and he wants to further his career so he like embeds himself with these like Satan. He
0: basically sacrifices his firstborn to right. the satanic cause
3: and he's and, like, yeah. we'll just make another baby oh, after. But and her the, friend groups like the
0: Casavets,
2: Yeah, yeah. But the conspiracy <laughs> yeah. in this one is a little harder to... It's the same thing. He wants to become
0: a more successful person. Yeah. He's gonna have a practice with this uh, surgeon. So instead so they're of they're like, gonna merge their I, I practices and that. he's gonna become famous. Yeah.
3: So instead of like sacrificing the baby to Satan for that, he's like I'm just gonna use my wife as an experiment and like not let her know to about
2: it. Experiment with what? With
1: Superman semen? I
3: don't know. Superman semen. Yeah.
1: And I feel like that, like, it's like a eugenics thing, which is the same. Like, the history of gynecology is so fucked up. Like, the origin of that science and the testing that people did on women who, like, couldn't fully consent. Mm -hmm. And that is, like, I don't know. That's tied to me with the whole eugenics thing. Mm. Like, we're going to control birth. We're going to, like, create a population that is at its genetic peak. And that is, like, the icky kind of masculinization
2: of but birth. There's also hints of their, like, homosexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, where does that tie in? I think that's
0: just a dominance thing. Like, just Dr. Hindle is in charge and, you know, he... And or is, look, is that in, for fealty? Or the is the is same way that, like, that in Satan would? I kind of feel like
3: this was was they're doing about been. you, kind of. Like, I kind of made... It made it feel like... They're fucking each other, and they're in charge of this, and you're just kind of like sitting in the watching
0: background it. quietly right. watching. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's true too. But I think um,
0: another thing yeah. going on here, though, is I think the movie is fucking with you as an audience. Like, yeah, like they're fucking with her. And I'm coming to this from someone, like I said, I wanted to watch this last year. I saw the reviews coming, and they were all very bad. Like most people, <laughs> oh, they hated people this hated film. It, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of it is the stuff that James is talking about, where it's like you're not even sure what happened at the end. The last 15 minutes was very different from the rest of the movie. What I think works for its favor is if you've seen every other thing John Lee has done, which is the director. Mm-hmm. Um, he started with PFR, which is like a musical group I loved in high school. And then they re- later went on to have a TV show, which is Wonder Showsen. And then, oh, yeah, that was okay. him, yeah. Uh, Xavier Renegade Angel. Which I love. Great. And then um, he directed the Pee Wees Holiday movie, Pee Wees Big Holiday, that was I on our like that. best of the year list he only does these like absurd comedies. They have like very dark streaks to them, Mm. but like they're very silly and like aggressively strange and fucked up. If you approach this movie as a comedy, I think it has payoffs like that. Like the movie it most reminds me of is malignant. where like, yeah, it's so generic for the first like 75% of it. And then Mm -hmm. it just goes bonkers towards the end where it kind of plays out almost like a prank. Like, there is a lot of genuine tension about like the horrors of pregnancy, but then the places it goes to relieve that tension towards the
2: end are like so ridiculous and over I mean, the top. The, the only time, though, that it approached like camp to me was in the scene Brittany was talking about where she sticks the whatever down her throat and she's like, you know, about her gag reflex. That's right. literally the only line of the entire film that felt camp. The I The rest with of it that. plays it like pretty straight.
0: I think it's, like, an absurdism of events. Like, the things that are happening are so ridiculous that you kind of have to laugh at them. I don't think it's as successful as Malignant. It just reminded me of that, like, playing it straight for as long as you can and then, like, ramping it up to, like, this, like, over-the-top finale that -hmm. is, like, bonkers. So I do think it takes the pregnancy horror, like, very seriously, Mm -hmm. but I feel like the payoff towards the end is just, like, I can't even believe what I'm watching right now. This is insane. It's Um, wild. But in Malignant, it was, like,
2: it made sense as crazy as it was right. it made sense in this film it like i don't think it actually makes sense like you thematic know? sense or
0: logical well, like narrative sense, sense. but
2: i don't really care about logical sense but definitely like thematic sense like i don't know really what this was about outside of just pregnancy is crazy i just don't
3: feel like the message was supposed to be defined like i don't think this movie was trying to
0: i think pregnancy is difficult to say something very specific I think is it was the just thing kind of like, yeah yeah It's It's playing off of that tension.
1: And I think it's also like the difficulty of like knowing, just knowing how to navigate it, what to do, and then feeling the pressure of everybody else's wants and needs on you. It's like the one thing that she wants is to have this baby Wendy. And the only way for her to do that in the end is to like, she's like breastfeeding this tiny little like, pre 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 premature baby like she finally gets like that's what she wants and it doesn't matter that she's not a nine month old child you know like and that is what is so scary to me about pregnancy like the whims of other people and like people telling you no you need to do it this way if you want to be a successful mother and she's all like the way
3: she plays this character is like she's very silent for a main Mm -hmm. character like she's very meek and, like, doesn't talk a lot and stuff like that. And, like, people kind of speak for her. And she kind of, like, nods along. And every now and then she does have, like, a, you no, know, like, this is what I want kind of moment. But it's not very powerful, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's very, very crazy sauce. Yeah. It's an
0: uncomfortable film. Yes. <laughs> like, but I think even that discomfort is funny sometimes. Like, I don't know. I think in the scene where, like, she actually gets inseminated in the office and there's, like, four people watching her. I went through, like, two different emotions in that scene. It's, like, both... I'm like, ugh!
3: (laughs) It's it's so uncomfortable. (laughs) Like, a lot of the time in this movie, you're, like, looking at Pierce Bronson's face through, like, her legs. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) And it's weird. But... I don't know, that kind of discomfort, like, sometimes you just laugh because you're uncomfortable. Like, it's well, like, I, we're a way to relieve to be tension. are because
3: these are intimate moments that, like, a woman should probably have with her kid, but, like, you've got everyone and their grandma in there. Watching, yeah. Like, watching
1: and making comments and, like, telling you what to do. False Positive reminded me of, like, Dead Ringers, Inside, Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. I, I love pregnancy like, movies. it doesn't feel like one... Like It's right. not like it's, a replica yeah. of one. It kind of feels yeah, like a mesh. Yeah, it's like a little mesh. And I think I like those movies more than this movie, Same. but I still liked this movie. And yeah. I love, again, I love pregnancy horror. Like, very, you know, it's a thing I think about, and it's like, ah, this is, you know, what... It reinforces my think. life
3: decisions. About. Yeah, okay. right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, where I'm like, no, I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm bad. bad. I just have bad. such
2: high <laughs> expectations for like A24 Horde, like why though like they have a lot of made for tv deals like i don't even is know this is an was... a24
1: movie yeah oh huh, but kind of like that. made just for hulu
0: they make stuff like for eight to go straight to hbo like they make a lot of yeah. like varying stuff not everything they make has to be great i like this better than lamb and i saw that one in the theater oh i agree with you on that <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well we have another one that's uh was available on hulu it seems like it's on hbo max now yeah i think it is yeah
1: do we really get that to work there's oh we're oh, still no. keeping the baby train going yeah baby there. yeah was a baby another other yeah. baby
0: horror different
1: baby <laughs> yeah different kind of baby movie <laughs> um so my pick i think it was number 18 on my list but after watching it again i feel like it would actually be higher i don't think it would be in my top 10 but i really like this movie um so my pick was uh shiva baby it was directed by emma S- seligman who is 25 years old. Holy Um, shit. Right? (laughs) Exactly. Apparently, she, like, for her senior thesis, for her film class, she submitted this, like, science fiction movie that was totally unintelligible, and her um, teacher was like, you know, write what you know. So she made a film about a Jewish sugar baby who is bisexual and goes to a shiva and runs into her sugar daddy and her ex and her family friends. Or, um, yeah, friends of her family. So, uh, Rachel Sennett plays Danielle. She's the main character. And this movie reminded me of, like, Krisha and then also, like, a teen coming-of-age movie. Um, It's very tense. Um, The movie starts with an encounter with her sugar daddy. And um, she has to go to the Shiva for a funeral that she did not attend. Um, She's in college. She, like, doesn't really know what she wants to do, but she's getting money. Like, her apartment is paid off by her parents. She's getting money from the sugar daddy. And she has to kind of, like, talk to all of the friends of her family about what she's doing. And, like, you know, you go to those parties where people are like, oh, so what are you up to? And you have to, like give them a spiel like
0: the opening of the graduate right yeah Yeah, exactly picked at by everybody yeah
1: and she's like yeah it's like a women's studies focused uh major and like nobody knows what she's talking about and then (laughs) her uh she finds out that her sugar daddy is at the shiva with his wife who is not Jewish and uh, their baby? So it's who a, screams the entire it's, film? <laughs> just <laughs> constantly screaming. So the baby <laughs> is the Shiva baby. It's also Shiva baby because she's a sugar baby. Um, <laughs> she also runs into her ex, um, who is like constantly kind of flirting and antagonizing her, yes. um, and it's just this like extremely grating social situation it is like high anxiety i was sweating the entire time and then throughout the film there are these like releases of tension she's trying to keep the truth of her relationship with her sugar daddy under wraps but also kind of trying to like tease him with it or like you know make it obvious to him and make him uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um And her like mother is very worried about her. And there are these like moments of like building, building, building tension and release. And I think the thing that I really love about this movie is like how it, it ends in a way that isn't like calamitous. And normally these movies end in like a, like a destruction of this person's life, basically like it turns to rubble, but she has like a very loving tender mother, and like at the end she kind of like is able to bring all of the pieces of her life back together in like a shambling kind of way i mean shiva baby mom and teton and dad
3: oh yeah are oh my like God. the ultimate parents that came <laughs> yeah. out of movies this year yeah <laughs>
0: I don't yeah. know. Fred Melamed as the dad in this film, he's not very effectual. Like he doesn't do anything. He's, he's
1: for very Giselle, sweet, <laughs> but I love him. Yeah, yeah. he's like the dad yeah. that he like wants to give everybody a ride home. That, he's oh yeah, huge that final man. scene like, no is, is so everywhere. funny. Yeah. Well,
0: that's the thing. Funny is the word that stands out to me. Like it is incredibly tense, like Krisha. Yeah, and uh-huh. that is the movie that this is compared to a lot. It's like, oh, this is a yeah. bisexual Jewish Krisha. Right. I think
2: a lot of it has to do too with the sound. Oh uh, like, yeah, the score it's so like just. And it also kind of remind me of uncut gems a little bit, where it's just like the score is really in your face, and it's really tense and strings like yeah, just like a
1: violin screeching. And you, yeah, you
2: just feel like you're having. I, I don't know if that's like a newer thing in film, where films that make you feel like you're having a panic attack, right. but they're getting very good at it. Violinists and it's like, are
3: making shit tons of money.
2: <laughs> it's really intense. But the difference, I think,
0: between this and Kreisha is like, I don't remember Kreisha being this funny. No, like, it, Kreisha, I, no, was Kreisha is not funny. <laughs> yeah, I laugh satisfying. through a lot of this movie, and it's yeah, the same so kind funny. of comedy as I was saying in False Positive, where it's like, I'm so uncomfortable that I have no choice but to but laugh. But you're just
3: yeah. like nervous laughing by yourself. Gotten
2: like the images of like... Them like eating the food, uh, oh, clothes. Gross. when she yeah. keeps
3: like putting food on her plate and then she puts it all off her plate again, yeah, and then she keeps putting it on her and plate. And everyone keeps
0: asking her Just if she's eating and like picking at her little belly, which that is uncomfortable. That's not funny, but like, so there's a lot of stuff that's like genuinely upsetting, but right.
3: it's upsetting. But I think what makes it funny is like it's funny because it's true, right. I think yeah, where totally. you're like, oh if god, it feels
2: a hundred percent authentic. Yeah, the, yeah, all these people like especially some of the old Jewish grandmothers. Right. It yeah. feels like exactly what they're betraying. I but mean, but
0: if you pull those strings out and like some of the topics that are brought up cuz there's a lot of heavy shit yeah. in this film. Oh yeah. It's basically a sitcom. Like I just watched <laughs> 7 seasons of The Nanny on HBO <laughs> and the the humor is very Jewish Gosh. and it's very like when are you going to get married? What are you doing with your life? Like professional obsessed. Yeah. Um and this movie's doing a lot of the same things. It's just like more grounded in reality, Ugh. but like the ending it where danced. everyone in the film, who's having these tensions and going back and forth are all piled in a van. Right. Like that's like a sitcom gag. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the like scrambling to make sure this person doesn't talk to that person or like this, like very careful social like mm-hmm. structure that you've built to yeah. like protect yourself or crumble. Like it yeah. feels like a sitcom plot. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And then
0: you have like Fred Melamed and Jackie Hoffman <laughs> who are, to Me, like, very funny comedic actors, yeah. So,
3: like,
0: I'm like primed to laugh every time I see Jackie Hoffman on the screen. I don't know, I was just like laughing through most of this film, even though I, I was incredibly uncomfortable the entire yeah. time. Yeah, well, well, that,
3: yeah, like, this movie, if I could think one word to describe it, is fucking claustrophobic. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally. This movie, it was funny, it was so good. Like, okay, if I would have seen this before, like, today when we talk about it today, it would have been like super high up on (gasps) the list. I loved it so much because it's so fucking accurate. Like anytime like I have to go to a funeral or some like family event everyone hounds me and they're like what are you doing with your life and you have to explain yourself over yeah. and over again and mm-hmm. i'm like right i want to leave and i can't leave because yeah. i don't have my car because my, my parents fucking drove me and i don't know where to go and then i keep trying to look busy like her putting shit in the place <laughs> taking it off <laughs> that's like what i do where yeah. it's like oh no i don't want this i want this helping with the I'm dishes like, in the oh, trash just so nobody talks to me right. so i'm right. like oh leave her alone let her eat right and then just everyone like hounding you and hounding you and then you see people you're like fuck i don't want to talk to this person why are they here <laughs> and then you know oh god there's so many times where i'm like like, in the corner and, like, some, like, old-ass, like, you know, light blue bathtub because it's always some yeah. old person's house. and just like, please, <laughs> please help me. Um, but I loved it. I just, like, loved how, like... <laughs> she was trying so hard to keep her shit together yeah and i'm like god she's gonna like when is she gonna just scream yeah i, I expected her to be like i'm fucking him and right he's fucking paying me yeah. like your fucking money uh, I love everybody the little, like, should know the
2: subtle like mind games god. but I, I don't know i feel like it like definitely agree that it's sitcom and kind of episodic but also has like a real like emotional climax. Oh, for like, sure. When yeah. she finally breaks down, her mother oh is telling God. her like it's okay. You <sighs> yeah. know, yeah. you'll figure it out. Like that rang true and like kind of brought the whole movie to like an emotional Even level. Even the l- very last
0: beat that feels like a sitcom moment, like everyone piling in this van and the tension like yeah. continuing. And on. all their
3: faces.
0: <laughs> but that moment is paired with this very tender like holding yeah. between her and her ex. They're like yeah. kind of reuniting. It, it's it's doing both at the same time. I don't want yeah. to discount like the genuine part yeah. of it. What
3: you just said describes the whole movie because the movie is like that, where it right. has like these like subtle hints of humor with yeah. this very serious like insane stuff happening. Yeah, um, I can't think of the, yeah. what she said, but there's this. Oh, I could not stop laughing. But I felt so bad for her whenever they're like, what do you do? Like, you know, w- women movies or something. She's like, it's a feminist lens. No, she, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, I don't
0: know how you make money off of feminism. He's, like, <laughs> She's like, it's not a job. It's a lens. lens. Yeah. It's <laughs> right. a good line. And total it's so, silence. It's
3: funny, but you like see her frustration oh, where God. it's like. You can say what you want to do all day, girl. Like, they're not going to understand you.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like it was especially capturing, like, those conversations when you are in college and you truly don't know what you're doing. And it's like, like... You, you're you trying to explain your like <laughs> liberal major yes, and and then like you're like I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about I just want to leave like I got the whole oh
3: you're gonna teach right you got a history major I'm like no I don't want to teach right. and That's they're the like what do you about- want to do and I'm like
0: I don't know all of us like we have jobs we right, have like yeah. homes that we pay for to live in but like I don't think anybody in this room is doing what they like want to do with their lives <laughs> no. like yeah. we have like artistic minds and we were like raised to think like oh you can do it you can be whatever you want to be as long as you set your mind right. to it it. But I don't think if you're not born with like wealthy parents, you and even can't. she is wealthier than us. Like yeah. I don't think you can pull that off. Like right. I think you're just kind of like unless you're like super super lucky or something. Yeah, but right. yeah, it's I, like it was impossible. it was like that.
2: You know, <laughs> in college, uh, I was a senior, and they're like, "Oh, so you're majoring in business? What are you going to do with that?" I was like, "I have no fucking no idea." <laughs> I, I couldn't po- tell you. I got a poetry degree, and I am working for the financial
0: department. <laughs> 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 I don't know how it happened. You just like kind of like keep applying to stuff. Well, but like, it, that's it.
2: That's why it hits why- you,
3: and then you're like fuck i need to make money right and like it's it sucks but like anything artistic like in at least in like the fucking usa yeah it does not get that's why
2: i liked her explanation too is you know her love interest asked her like so why'd you do it with the sugar like i just needed money and it was easy (laughs) yeah yeah and that's like like, enough
1: yeah i Like like that
2: explanation is enough
1: i like having power and feeling respected and yeah, yeah this cool. is what I, I hate it
3: to too that. how it's like oh my god she had to like say that she was going to law school for this guy to like think like right I'm putting a girl through the school yeah stroking
0: his ego like yeah. he's, like helping somebody right. by like yes. getting off
3: because like they think like oh because he has that mentality too of like oh that is what successful people do like and then when she kind of was like like what difference does it make like you know she's still like doing services and right. getting paid for them yeah why do you care and also
1: like you're using your wife's money to,
3: oh my like, god! Yeah, pay this, oh. pay to have sex with
1: that this wife, girl, like the girl boss
3: moment. Yeah. She's like, oh, and I've done <laughs> right. stuff like that out of anger sometimes, yeah. where you just yeah. like an asshole. Yeah, on the I, fly.
1: that doesn't sound like anything I would ever want to do, and you're I'm right. not like a whole girl bot Yeah. Oh god,
2: and that scene <laughs> where she asked her to like hold her yeah. baby oh my god so intense was that was a power move like, right yeah oh, right, totally, totally a power like, move
3: yeah
1: she's like you're a babysitter but right? Right. using so, her yeah. like how baby annette was used
0: right yeah she's you know exploiting I mean? the child
1: and then yeah watch her become a puppet but i like you know i loved krisha and i really love shiva baby because of those like like that string of humor and that like there is like a lot of love in this movie in a way that yeah. is not in Krisha for you know, for good reason. It's mm-hmm. it's not about that. But like the second time watching it, that when the mom is helping her after she's broken this vase, like I cried a little bit. It's yeah, like,
0: that scene's rough. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's like all of us have had those moments of intense, like escalating like panic and fear of like all these people are questioning me and I don't know what I'm mm. doing and like that bringing those conversations bringing that to the forefront of your mind and what you yeah. want is for someone to say like you will figure it out it will be okay there I love you don't worry about any yeah. of these looky loos right yeah
2: <laughs> Shiva baby mom I feel like Krisha would be like the Shiva baby character if they were just like never figured their shit out and burned all their bridges essentially with that movie. Yeah. But there's like still hope in this movie that like, yeah, you're still young. You can figure it out, you know, but she is a mess. I mean. Right. She's. But she's
1: also like, I don't know. She's in college. Yeah. No,
2: you've got time. Like, that's why I thought the scene with the mother was so affecting it's like yeah you're young you still got time to figure it out it's oh. not over for you
3: yeah and then i love to like the thing that her parents do are like yeah you can give her a job right doing like secretary <laughs> stuff like right. go go right. ask him for a job go ask him for a job oh my god i hate that and that I do not
0: miss that yeah <laughs> yeah where it's like no <laughs> I will say I was calling this sitcommy earlier, but it's also been done before in a more sitcommy fashion, which I would call "Death at a Funeral," which we oh watched my the god. Show I yeah. love
1: that movie. It's the
0: same kind of like tension where you're yeah. supposed to like hold your shit together at this event that's not about you, right? And, like not draw attention to your flailing. Which, right. It's the same comedic tension in this one, hmm. but obviously this movie is more serious than that, and like yeah. has like mm-hmm. an emotional core to it. Yeah. So I am exaggerating
2: that aspect <laughs> well, of it, but and I do think it's more—I I don't know how to call it—like artistic, but just like the sound design, oh, and some yeah. of yeah. the shots, like it's more of like an art house kind of version God. of that. I will say I did watch
0: another movie, um, double featured with this last year, that was about Jewish funeral rites at the same time. It was another one that kind of went under the radar. Uh, it was called The Vigil. I don't know if y'all saw that. No. Mm. It's a horror film. It's about this guy in this, like, Orthodox Judaism, like, subsect uh, that's hired to be Shomer, which basically means he, like, watches this, like, dead body so it's not left alone. So, like, evil spirits can't get into it overnight. Oh. Oh. Um, and there's, like, a lot of tension where, like, while he's watching the body, like, weird things do happen in the apartment while he's alone. And, like, these, like, ghosts, like, creep in and these, like, Ooh! demons and things. Um, and it was a good double feature because, you know, they're both, like, very specific, yeah. like, Jewish-specific rituals like um, that you don't normally see on the screen. And then they're both played for this, like, atmospheric tension. Um, that one was more of a straightforward horror film. This one, I feel like, delves into horror in a lot of scenes. Yeah,
3: horrors of reality. Right. There's that
0: scene where she's, like, sweating and... Um the tint gets very orange. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh, That was shot like a horror film. And I feel like that's kind of a joke. Yeah.
1: It's like shuttling between the faces of people laughing and yelling.
0: Everyone's all sweaty. like Just like in her like personal space, like just like chittering at her. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It was a good double feature. I, this was my favorite of the pair. Yeah. Um. And I enjoyed revisiting it too because there were a lot of jokes I was looking forward to hearing again. <laughs> nice. I was really looking forward to that ending because I think that's like such sort of a perfect like kiss yeah. off to the film and like right. really makes it stick the yeah. landing.
1: Nothing neutralizes emotional tumult more than everybody piling into a. Uh, Your dad's
0: (laughs) fan. I also think it's a full 70 minutes shorter than um, Annette, which, you know. (laughs) I was going to say, like, that hour and 15
2: run time is perfect. I think it's half the length of Annette. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, like, the sweet spot for me.
0: Yeah.
1: You can have two shiva babies or one Annette.
2: Right, right, right. Pick your poison. Yeah.
1: I loved the main actress in this. Oh, she's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I cannot believe that the director is... Younger than me, and I'm so. I hope that she keeps making films because yeah. I really liked this movie. That's uh, so crazy, yeah. People, people doing industrious things. Yeah, you know? good for her. Yeah.
0: So, in the logic of things, our last movie would be the most romantic with the least amount of babies in it, <laughs> which would
2: be <laughs> J- uh, James's pick for the episode. So this was my number twelve. It is a teen, young adult, um, really like. I think the reason I wanted to talk about this movie it was my number twelve, which I think most of what we talked about was our number twelve. Oh, that's was right. Our, yeah, was mine and that was my number twelve.
1: Mine was eighteen, but I think that's um, mine was poorly categorized. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, yours I would, think have would have moved up higher. to twelve. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
2: Um, Should have been the spiritually yeah. twelve. <laughs> twelve. Spiritual twelve. <laughs>
1: exactly. But
2: it's um, another one of these time loop movies, which I feel like is its own genre at this point. You know, starting with Groundhog's Day and. Yeah, we talked about Palm Springs last year, but it's called The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. This movie really took me by surprise. It's really about two high schoolers. This guy, Mark, starts the movie. He's very, like, quick-witted. And um, I love how in the beginning of the film, they make it clear, like, he is in a time loop. Like, this is just the world we're in. And he kind of likes the loop or whatever. And he finds this girl, Margaret, who is also stuck in the time loop. And they start to hang out, explore like what that means to be in a time loop with someone else. And what they start to do is in their little small town, find these perfect little moments throughout. And they kind of like the title of the film says, like make a map of these little perfect moments, whether it's, you know, little funny things or people connecting or whatever. And they, they make a map and they're trying to figure out like how to get out of this loop. But Margaret is very clear. Like she kind of wants to stay in the loop for reasons that become apparent later in the film. And it's really a, like, this is not normally the kind of movie that I would like. This is like for teenagers, but it is kind of the movie. Like, Recently you've been drifting towards like
0: mainstream crowd-pleasing kind of stuff though. Just, yeah, I don't know if that's like from like a um intellectual interest or just like just want to feel good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I <don't> know. No. <laughs> and, you know, I think we talked recently about like, you know, lockdown and COVID kind of movies. Yeah. And to me like this sort of represented that, like being stuck in a loop, which it feels like we've been in a loop for the past like few years and stuck with another person and like having a difficulty, like moving forward. And this film made me cry like a fucking baby. (laughs) And it resonated with me so much. And it's one of those things where I know it's not for me. It's for like young adults, but it made this 35 year old man, a blubbering mess. (laughs) And like, I don't know. I, Don't know if y'all felt the same way about it, but it really has stayed in my mind since I watched it. Especially towards the end, it gets pretty heavy because we find out that Margaret, her mom, is dying of cancer. And then it becomes clear, like, well, of course she doesn't want to leave the loop. I mean, Mm -hmm. she can be with her mom. And so it becomes about like grief and about growing up and about, moving forward in life and appreciating the beautiful moments that you have while you're still alive. Like the movie gets really like heavy. Also the fact that you're not the main character of the universe, like right. other people yeah. have yeah, other yeah. shit no, going and, on. And Mark, yeah, that that's like the best moment towards the end where he Mark realizes like, Oh, I wasn't the main character of this film. It was her. And I couldn't see it. Cause I was too selfish. So there's like a lot of like heavy stuff, but the movie, like, for the most part, is pretty light and fun. Just these teenagers falling in love, exploring their town, finding beautiful moments, mapping them out. Um, I felt the dialogue was very witty for this kind of movie. Like, it was well-written, and the leads have, like, a really strong connection. It's, mm-hmm. like, good charisma, and, you know, I it just worked for me. I guess it's the thing. It like... For this type of movie, it just worked, and like, I ended up loving it. I, you know, yeah. I don't know, how, how did y'all feel about Map of Tiny Perfect Places? <laughs> things, sorry.
1: <laughs> I think. Uh, I mean, I've seen some of these like teen movies. I feel like there are a lot of teen movies, especially about, or even books and movies about terminal illness, and especially about cancer. The John
0: Green treatment. right. So,
1: yeah, Fault in Our Stars, like Five Feet Apart. Um, there's this really, uh, cool graphic novel called I Kill Giants. About oh, I,
0: There's a movie adaptation of that. As oh, well. really? Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I got it. gotta, gotta watch good. it. But th- I felt like this was a very good version of that story. Um, and yeah, I agree that the dialogue was fun and it wasn't like totally overwritten. I felt like it was pretty natural. And I, I mean, I did cry um but normally these movies are like like i am kind of averse to these types of movies especially when it's like the the main antagonist is is cancer most of the time Mm -hmm. but i no, i thought this was like a very good version of the time loop and it was like an extremely well-crafted like teen movie what's the big cry moment um
0: or is it like it's just an overwhelming, like, life is beautiful kind of like, yeah, thing?
2: Yeah. Okay. It's like- just like kind of a slow burn. Right. When I when I rewatched it, it's just like, you know, the beginning is very carefree. Like, mm-hmm. oh, because they know how the day plays out. So Mark is, his character, like, kind of grows on you. after. Like, in the beginning, he's kind of a know-it-all. Oh, he's so smooth and cool.
0: Well, that makes sense, though, from, like, a teen movie perspective for me. Yeah. It's like, even at the beginning, I was already tapped in because there was, like, when you are in a senior in high school, you're about to leave your mm-hmm. little world to, like, go to a new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, before that happens, you feel like you've kind of conquered the right. little, like, fiefdom that you're in. Like, yeah. I don't know if he calls himself the king of everything or if I just wrote that down for some reason. But, like, it feels like he just, like, owns his little space. Yeah. And he's, like, mastered how to, like, have breakfast with his parents and go to school and, like, ride on the back of the truck. like you Catch fucking... coffee
3: mugs that fall. Right. right. Do all that cool
0: stuff. Anything that could possibly happen in his little world... He's already perfected that, Mm -hmm. which feels true to pretty much every teenager who's, like, ready to move out of their house. Like, I've done everything here. I'm ready to go do a new thing. That's a perfect, like, metaphor for, like, the Groundhog. That's a perfect application for the Groundhog Mm -hmm. Day, like, um, format.
4: Mm -hmm. But,
0: yeah, you're right. Like, things change from there. Like, there's a gradual, like, emotional swell. I just didn't know if there was, like, a big, like, cry moment towards the end that I'm like, I can't pinpoint it
3: and when she talks to her
0: mom yeah that's I pretty sad that when, <laughs> yeah
3: that's when I, I didn't cry for any other stuff but like yeah. when that happened i was like oh fuck everyone's uh, gonna die right. and i'm gonna die and then I'm, nothing matters and i'm like oh god it's just, yeah that <laughs>
2: slow realization of Scary. what the movie is really about and it's about yeah. growing up and how i think for me one of the lines that really affected me emotionally was like time i forget the exact line but it's like time is important because it's you don't get back you don't get it back yeah And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, (laughs) like, yeah, you're right. Like, I'm getting old. I'm going to be dead at some point. And I'm like fucking like I got to appreciate every every beautiful moment I have in my life. I'm asking this not
0: because I didn't cry. I did cry. Like I didn't cry at the cancer stuff. I cried. No, no, me neither. When when he shows up to his sister's soccer game for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So like every day his sister calls him a loser at breakfast he doesn't actually interact with her or his mom. Yeah, no. um, he doesn't really appreciate their like contribution Existence. to his life. Yeah, um, and every day his sister loses this soccer game,
2: mm-hmm. and then he shows up and she wins. Yeah, he
0: shows up and he could have changed her day and made it better if he was like there. Same for thing.
2: Her. W- like after he sees Margaret's mom right. in the hospital, like he wakes up early and rushes out and yeah, stops and his hugs mom his and mom. Oh just god. gives her a fucking hug and he's yeah. like, oh my god. That's Before that it. happened
0: too, I was like, so you never see your mom, why don't you just like crash her day and like ask her if she can like share her lunch break with you or right. something. Yeah. But it, it doesn't occur to him to do that until you know, things go kind of haywire later in the film.
3: Yeah, because he's like so stuck in that like everydayness of everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which,
2: like And that loop metaphor like, that is so rich for exploring what, you know, and this explores it in, I think, a pretty interesting way that's like really heartfelt and maybe not interest, like, not it's unique. been done a lot. It's been yeah. done. Even Palm
0: Springs already did the romance thing. Like, I guess Groundhog Day itself is kind of a rom com, but like Palm Springs really pushed the like rom com element of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it already did that thing that this movie does where you're like midstream. Like you don't watch him realize that he's going to relive the yeah. same day. He's already been doing it for like way longer than yeah. you'll ever know. Which yeah. I think
2: is smart at this point.
0: Right. We get it. We, yeah. We've seen this before. And the movie even references like Edge of Tomorrow and Groundhog Day like very early on. Yeah. Like it basically, acknowledges like you know what this is. We've, we, but have never seen
2: it done quite in this like sweet of a way. The John Green teen romance yeah. thing is like... The new
0: aspect of yeah, it. Yeah.
1: And like the, that you, the Groundhog's Day can allow you to hold on to somebody that you're going to lose. That's like, new. Yeah. yeah. Like I want to stay here forever for a very, like, for a reason that everybody could understand.
2: Yeah. I guess Groundhog Day was about like the monotony of daily life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- this is about how like monotony, I don't know. You want to stay in it sometimes because life is so difficult from right. day to day easy. that I don't know. It's going easy. to college
0: is kind of scary, right? Like yeah, yeah
2: exactly. start over. Yeah. So to apply, I don't know to apply that to teenagers going to college. Like it worked for me, mm-hmm.
0: but even so, like I feel like they had that wave of um, Fault in Our Stars, right? And then we called Five Feet Apart Fault in Our Mars, or is that a different <laughs> movie? That's Fault in Our Lungs. The uh, yeah. There's another like <laughs> right. Fault in Our Mars movie that's under an astronaut. Yeah. I feel like the next wave of those is what we've been seeing recently, which is like these like teen romances where there's these um sci-fi impositions on it. So like Your Name was a big one. Oh yeah. Um Love and Monsters was one from uh 2020. Uh just like it's the same like big teen emotions, like overwhelming the like drama, mm-hmm. but then there's this like sci-fi element. Like there's yeah. these monsters that come in or like in this case the the day keeps repeating. Right. Mm-hmm it's very easy to get swept up in like what it's doing. Cause the movie is very like pop culture reference heavy. Like it references Groundhog's day. It references Dr. Who and star Wars and mm-hmm. like all kinds of shit the whole mm-hmm. time. But also the big climax where they play this song. Um, it's like this, like dream pop, like bedroom synth pop song. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually looked up the band and watched like five of their videos after the movie was <laughs> over. Cause I loved the song, but, mm-hmm. uh, the the emotion of it still hit me. Like I was still like even though I, I was like so aware of what it was doing. Yeah. Um
2: I don't know. It still works. No, that's like we've talked about with melodrama and you know, we were talking about Douglas Cirque movies. Like Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see what you're doing. Yeah. And you're working me. It's you know, we also talk about wrestling and yeah. being worked and like I love it. Like yeah. you're working me, you're trying to make me cry and I'm crying. Good like job. A baby. Congratulations. Good job. Like, <laughs> and that's how I felt with this movie. And like, I don't know. It just really has like stuck with me.
3: Um, Time Loop movies just freak me out. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I like I got like a one of those like anxiety rashes after watching this (laughs) and i'm like oh fuck i'm like what like is this just time like is this not real like what's real what's not real like fuck we're all gonna die like it it just stressed me out a lot but that's just because i'm a fucking weirdo with this kind of stuff (laughs) um not the movie's fault at all um and this was a fucking long movie too right was, this was like it a two hour movie? No, it was like an hour. Am and I tripping? Half. It was yeah, already well, actually it was two over hours. ninety
0: minutes, which yeah, I feel like oh, it's a little long for what it's doing. It was
3: yeah, it was like lo- longer than I expected. Right. Um, and I I always do this with movies. Like I kept figuring out like like why hasn't he noticed her? Like how long has he been in the loop? Like why hasn't she come in? How did she get into the loop? How did he get into the loop? Like I started kind mm-hmm. of like that's like right. where my mind was. I wasn't paying attention <laughs> to anything else.
2: <laughs> but so, see, yeah. that's how the I felt about wanted... false positive. Yeah, where I was like. Just gotta get Wait, another watch. How in. has she not had a sonogram in eight <laughs> right. months of being pregnant? Like, I get it. You know, I was getting into. You like, try to figure out like the logistics
3: stuff. of how no, it I all get works. It. I also yeah. think
0: false positive waited a little late to like pull the trigger on the weird shit. Like it, that movie is very familiar, and then I feel like the last fifteen minutes of false positive was when it really yeah. like distinguishes itself as something new. Um, this one, I don't know
2: where the new part comes in. There but- is like. Like I said, I don't feel like it's original. Right. But it just... Well executed. God yeah. God damn, it was well executed. Yeah,
3: I will say too, like the, the actor and main actor, main actress, like they were like really good and i find yeah. like a lot of like teen actors to be like super obnoxious yeah. but i like them yeah that's
1: what like they were both extremely likable and yeah. i feel like if i had seen this as a high schooler i would have been in love with both of them oh yeah right. yeah i like, well,
2: and also like they're apparently like in my their Twilight. 20s right. <laughs> but sometimes that can get creepy when you have right. adults playing high schoolers it didn't really me. feel that way and well like a what is that movie? Evan oh, Hansen? Oh, yeah.
1: Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, yeah. I didn't see
0: that, but I just watched Easy A for the first time last uh, night. Oh, yeah. And They're oh, yeah. all like yeah, 20 to 30-year-olds. <laughs> <gonna laughs> but insane. in this, it felt like, it
2: felt true. <laughs> it felt like yes. they were high schoolers. <laughs> <The show>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I did not love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> really? I thought it was okay.
1: I just love Stanley Tucci.
0: Oh, the parents are <laughs> yeah. perfect. The oh, yeah. kids <laughs> are like, hit or miss. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, this movie, I feel like is more endearing. I don't yeah. know.
1: And just the idea of like, Finding these per Like, the fact that one day can hold all of these perfect little gems of moments. Wow. Like, that that's such... It's, like, almost cloying, but what a sweet, wonderful if idea. If you could
0: get out of yourself and right. actually pay attention to, like, individual mm-hmm. moments. Yeah. Which is a sh- fucking struggle, especially right now. Like, it's hard to, like... Like, there's a whole industry about being mindful about right. your body and oh your place in the world. Because <laughs> it's hard. like Yeah. It's, like, I pay someone or my insurance pays most of their bill mostly, but like I pay someone to talk to me for an hour every two weeks. So they actually pay attention to myself. But it,
2: right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. I've been to the mall a lot yeah. recently. Even like when you're in a public place, like the mall or the grocery store, and you can see those little interactions between like a kid and their mom or like someone doing something silly or struggling or whatever. Like, that's what really resonated about this movie is there's all sorts of tiny perfect little moments that you just have to pay attention but they're there.
0: Well they, you know? they do get recorded and distributed for mass consumption through TikTok videos right. and like YouTube epic fail it's moments ju- and like True. things like that. It's just you don't always like to, okay today I was driving home from the grocery store and a little egret like bird use uh. the crosswalk to cross the street. <laughs> yes. and I had to stop to watch this like bird walk across the crosswalk at a stoplight. Amazing. I was like, that is so fucking funny. It's a tiny, perfect moment. <laughs> right? You know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I didn't record that and put it on my TikTok because yeah. I don't have one, but uh, it was very cute. <laughs> but I wish you know, other people could have seen with it. With
2: this movie, it's like our life is limited, and we just have to like appreciate yeah. those yeah. beautiful moments. Uh, so
1: the egret at the crosswalk. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> it did not fly across. It walked the
0: whole, the whole way. Like it had little business to go to. <laughs> very funny. I'm late for work. <laughs> Well, I liked all these movies. Yeah, um, they're all good. Yeah, I know that mine asked a full hour extra of your attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm sorry for that. But yeah, I, I, I do believe our top 10 will be posted within a week of you hearing this episode. I do know that Titan will be our number one movie of 2021. Mm. Uh. It was the only movie that was on every single person's list across seven people. Yeah, it was, oh, like either bless. number one or two for like most of those contributions. So. Awesome. Uh I think we did it. I think we can move on to another year. <laughs> uh next episode, Boomer, Allie, and I will be discussing Wise Blood, which is a John Houston adaptation of a Flannery O'Connor story.
1: Ooh, Ooh I've cool. seen like it Flannery a while
0: O'Connor. ago. I don't really remember it very well, mm-hmm. but I do know that Brad Duriff is the uh, main star. And you don't get to see him star in movies very often. Mm-mm. So that'll be an interesting discussion. Probably a lot of uh, organized religion talk, which is something that we talk about a lot on the Lanyap episodes. And uh, after that, I have no idea what's coming up because it's a new year. We have a fresh slate. (laughs) We have plenty of entertaining movie collections to discuss with y'all. Yes. Check out swampflix.com because all month we've been posting best of the year lists and there will be a top 10 definitive best 10 movies of the year list all other lists are irrelevant yes and, uh, we have decided
1: we are the culture right
0: <laughs> <laughs> bye everybody
1: bye it's
0: the end so,
4: so we did you. you good,
0: good night
2: <laughs> safe journey home watch out for strangers
4: If you You liked what what you saw, tell a friend. Tell a friend? If If you've you've no friends, friends,
2: then tell a stranger
4: tonight. Ladies, three, four, one, good Good night, night. one and all. I'm going to